0: Welcome back folks. I'm Marilee Melmo, the producer and host of Cosmic Brilliance. Today, I have designed what I hope for you will be both an entertaining way to present approximately true historical jewels, heart-stopping adventures, and stellar love stories that profoundly moved my heart. Today, you will be a silent yet participating audience in what I consider one of the most historical moments when a pivotal vote and decision was made to let humans on Earth destroy themselves within a couple of decades or be assisted by the Galactic Federation of Worlds. This past week, over three nights, I read Elena's galactic adventure book, Couch to Science Fiction, called Resilience Beyond the Impossible. Good name. Published last year, 2020. I literally could not put it down. Before the show, I even mentioned to Elena, I am sure it is going to be a blockbuster in the future. So... Elena, with that, I welcome you, and thank you for being so willing to participate in this shared collaborative show today.
1: Thank you, Mary Lee. Thank you.
0: Elena and I invite you to travel a wee ways back in time to attend, as box-seat onlookers, one of the most impactful meetings in recent human history with potential monumental repercussions for our human race. Alina, approximately when was the date that this pivotal meeting was held? Do you know?
1: Well, um, I wanted to set my novel in the nineteen forties because that's when all the the wave of UFO sighting and uh, alien contact happened. But then I needed, as the stage in in uh, in my, my my story, to um, that one of the the, the characters. Uh, look for, looks for something on Google. So it couldn't be in the 1940s. So I pushed it back to the uh, early years, 2000. And so the whole story is set between the year 2000 and 2010, more or less. So I'd say this, this meeting uh, in the novel uh, occurs around maybe 2010, uh, around this time. Good.
0: Let's begin, Elena by having you share brief descriptions of say, eight of the key attendees and council members that were at this meeting, so that the audience won't get lost when I share the story.
1: Sure, sure. So um, first you have a lady called Dar Dothan. She's um, the, the high commander of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. She's a Telosian. And uh, she's the most powerful person in in the galaxy. Uh, then you have Khan, who is a Telosian as well. The Telosians are playing a big role in the the, the story, uh, which are, which is not uh, that important in reality, but in the story, it's the Telosians on the front. So his um, Erkaliskan is a Telosian uh, commander of an underwater. Um, based uh, from the Galactic Federation, uh, under the Atlantic Ocean, and the name of the base is called Telara. And then you have uh, Katie O'Connor. She's um, uh, this lady is uh, top secret. Uh, t- um, she's a CIA uh, agent and as well a quantum uh, physicist. She works um, at uh, Wright Patterson Base in Ohio. Oh, that's uh there's a lot of things going on around right person and uh, that are inspired of real facts. You have Peter. Um she's uh Katie's um boss actually. She works, he's uh he's uh, the top scientist of, of the base, a quantum scientist more uh, particularly. And uh, he has a, a has a good intuition and uh, he's a very good friend with uh with Katie. And then you have an um, alien, a prime minister Vargan. Uh, I haven't. I don't remember what species he it is. It must must be delusional, or you know, something else. I don't remember. So he's part of the, the the government of the Federation. You have um, Orgona, She has a little role. Um, I would say one. Um, well, we are talking about her in the today. So. Um, OK, she's an ambassador representing the, the star systems of the Lyra zone. And then you have Xi'an. Uh, um, he's an emurther species and is uh, an emissary for the Orion Council of Five. Uh, and Jaida is a Pleiadian counselor. So at the time I wrote this novel, I knew nothing about all the races. So I said generally Pleiadian, Lyran, but in fact I was, it's, I, I wrote this book before a gift from the stars. I didn't have all the intel. So it's very general re- regarding to the races, but I suppose I envisioned the Pleiadians like the ahil, you know, the tall blonds. So uh, here we go. Thank you. I
0: am thankful that Elena has given me permission to share some key pages from her book, Resilience, where Kathy, the top secret human intuitive warrior, and the Talosian commander, Callis Khan's presences are requested at the final Galactic Federation of World's High Council to stand for and in behalf of the humans on Terra. So everyone, before taking your seats, Please make sure and use the facilities and partake of some water first. Now, sitting comfortably high in your box seats, you gently gaze upon the images before you, images of the higher density Galactic Federation of Worlds Council Hall, where the members are gathering. The loud rumbling of the heavy double doors opening on their hinges drew Kathy and Hercules's attention towards the top of the double helix monumental staircase. A row of magnificent guards appear and take position on either side of this doorway. Kathy noticed that the guards weren't wearing the strict indigo-colored uniform belonging to the Alliance but rather attired in strikingly beautiful armor with her heads covered in sophisticated helmets and clasping upright spears whose tips glowed with some kind of magical device. Kathy felt those must be some kind of mortal weapons that could probably direct lethal rays. Hercules stepped forward as the great Commander Supreme of the Galactic Federation of Worlds, Dar Dothan, appeared at the top of the staircase. Welcome to Telogia Prime, Ercules Khan. I am pleased as well to meet you, Kathy from Terra. Please follow me. As Kathy and Hercules climbed the stairs closer to Dardothan. Dothan, Kathy's heart nearly stopped as she realized suddenly that she was standing in front of the most powerful person in the galaxy, the woman who had ultimate authority above everything and everyone. Dardothan, imperial in her magnificent outfit, wearing a bountiful indigo velvety dress, elaborately ornamented, with pearls and silver embroidery. The older woman had long white hair falling freely onto her shoulders and a metallic circlet upon her head, her vibrant eyes still full of wisdom shone like sapphires. Kathy used all her military training in fearlessness to command her body not to shake from the rushing adrenaline She had fought terrible dangers on Zeta-2, dealt coldly with vicious predators on Earth, met highly ranked officials and politicians. But here, in front of this woman, she was losing her strength and struggling to keep her heartbeat at a normal rate. Biofeedback mastery that she had been trained in. Kathy and Commander Hercules, followed this illustrious older lady and her escorts through another huge hall surrounded by a colonnade. When they reached the farthest point, Dardothan pivoted slowly round to face Cathy and Urculus, and directing a subtle glance towards her two guards, they left the room to leave her alone with her guests. A row of majestic, lustrous, tall columns outlined Dardothan's silhouette, and behind them was a stunning panorama of a glistening city. There, standing regally in her celestial dress, Dardothan seemed like an ancient goddess standing within her temple, slightly out of time. With a large smile, she spoke. Erkalis calm. approach and receive my blessing. He replied, Your Highness, as he bent on one knee, placing his hand on his chest, the common greeting of mutual respect within the galactic federations of worlds. Kathy was wondering to herself, why this separate meeting? Wasn't Dardothan the most powerful woman in the galaxy? Hmm unless maybe, maybe she wished to strategically bypass certain conflicting influences in her own entourage. Dardothan gave Urkalis a gift to be discovered. After this private meeting, Kathy and Hercules could feel anticipation and electricity in the air as they waited in the company, once again, of the Citadel's elite guards. Commander Hercules leaned closely to Kathy and quietly whispered, You know, never in the history of the Galactic Federation has a non-Federated species passed through that door over there. Very different. Perhaps that is why it was recommended it would be best to wear the uniform of the Alliance. Perhaps not to shock others. As they both looked at the door, they both knew that in that room behind the door, the fate of Kathy's human species on Earth Terra was going to be determined soon. Kathy felt a cold shiver of apprehension and rubbed her arms while taking a controlled deep breath. Hercules, reading her mind, said comfortingly to Kathy, Trust me, it will be all good, and what we are bringing them from Tara may change everything. She softly responded, I'm so nervous. They both immediately jumped a little when, at last, the two heavy doors finally opened and four armed guards came out to personally escort them inside. Dar Dothan was now sitting imperially on a monumental throne made of multicolored shimmering gemstones. In the center of the semicircular arena, up higher, was seated the various members of the High Council representing all worlds of the Galactic Federation. As if this wasn't overwhelming enough, bright sunlight in a focused ray was pouring down from the center oculus of the dome, casting silhouettes of each council member into ghostly shadows. Commander Hercules recognized those seated in the proximity of Dardothan as Mara, Dardothan's daughter, and Vargon, the prime minister, along with a few others. A beautiful Palladian woman was also seated close by representing her people, and of course, recognizable by her long lustrous blonde hair, her fair complexion, and her large, wide almond-shaped azure eyes. Kathy just wished at this moment her boss, Peter, was here to see this, she realized this was the heart of the galaxy, its nervous system, and she and Urculus were now standing in its very center as everyone gazed upon them. Dardothan now spoke, welcoming Alliance warrior and scientist Kathy, the Terran and Commander Urculus Khan, the Telogian, to the proceedings, and introducing both of them to the members of the High Council. Dardothan then requested that Hercules give his report of all the incidents that had happened since the start of the abduction trials. Since Telosians can cloak their memory and mind read others as well, Urkula was asked at different intervals as was custom, if needed, to allow his memory to be available for probing while he related the details of his report. This occurred, and it was confirmed that every word he spoke was the truth. While Urculus shared his stories, Cathy was scrutinizing the reactions and responses of the faces of the deputies, keeping a special eye on Prime Minister Vargan who, as she anticipated, did have his mouth slightly curled down into a spiteful grimace. She was secretly contemplating if the rules of reading human body language on Earth would apply to other species here as well. Just in case it did, she remained observant to every nuance. Urkelus, now finishing, had impressively spoken throughout his entire speech while retaining his calm demeanor. Now, council interrogations began. Kathy couldn't help but wonder silently, are we here for the council's request and to help save the Terran Earth people, or are we here to be judged? Well, she thought, there are different worlds, different laws, and different procedures. We must respect protocols. Hercules spoke up. It isn't the children of Terra who deserve to die. They are not responsible for the damages inflicted to their dying world. On the contrary, it is the children of Terra who carry the hopes of salvation for their planet. The ones to blame and to be stopped are the corrupted leaders of Terra. Terran children do not deserve to die. They are innocent with his passionate speech still resonating in the air. A tall being stood up and stepped forward into the sunlight. Kathy recognized right away the Arcturian features with her elongated skulls. She remembered the previous rescue excursion to the Zeta system being aboard the Alliance mother ship with a calm and very capable Arcturian commander. She found herself breathing slightly easier as she recalled that the Arcturians were on their side. I am Arcturian Counselor Makoba, speaking on behalf of the Orion Council. We have been watching Terra for a long time, and we do not recommend the eradication of its dominant species. I recall the first clause of the Galactic Codex, which stipulates that it is unethical to interfere with lesser evolved cultures, including the use of strength, unless they are threatened by the outsiders. In that case, the Federation can evaluate the situation and then choose a response. Ambassador Vargan immediately jumped up protesting. This is not about protecting the Terrans, but about protecting us, the Federation from the Terran threat. Pointing a finger at Kathy, but addressing the assembly, he shouted, these people are a threat to the order of the galaxy. If they survive what they started on their world which I don't have great hope for, anyway, will then expand throughout the galaxy, scattering war and disaster, and we must stop this poison from spreading before it's too late. Kathy could not prevent herself from stepping forward under the echoes of the assembly. She spoke firmly. So then at least give us a chance to auto destroy ourselves by our own hands. If you are so sure we're not going to make it, why do you need to intervene? Why not wait until we do it ourselves? Vargon reposted, because you and your fall are killing off and draining all other life on your planet. Kathy stepped further forward into the middle of the semicircle. All of this is about my people's fate on Earth, isn't it? I don't understand why the Galactic Federation of Worlds, Supreme Elders, and Supreme Intelligence would decide to wipe out a species that's about to be a member of this illustrious and powerful institution in order to preserve the lesser evolved, more primitive species on our planet, Terra. Yes, we are dangerous. Yes, we are ruled by a toxic elite and have war in our blood, but please give us a chance. As Commander Hercules Khan just mentioned, the children of Terra are innocent. What if we end up destroying everything and us with it? At least we would have tried. At least we would have had our chance. However, if there's one thing we have learned, it is to never underestimate the power of life. We all know that this is not the first mass extinction Terra is facing again. It is the sixth. The power of life is amazing and Terra's actual amazing biodiversity as it stands now is the product of only a mere 4% of what has survived from the last mass extinction. If humanity wipes itself out in 30,000 years, all trace of it will have disappeared, swallowed back up by nature as if we had never existed. And Terra will be a paradise once again, crawling under new biodiversity. So please, if there's an exemption, to your galactic codents that you may wish to make. It is, don't wipe out our species. Instead, help us, support us, believe in us, just as the Palladians do. We just heard from the Arcturian counselor that there is a clause in your directive that gives the Federation the prerogative to protect lesser species from an outside threat. What were those exact words? The Arcturian counselor responded, the Codex of Laws of the Galactic Federation of Worlds stipulates that it is not ethical to interfere with primary cultures unless they are threatened by an outside enemy. Hercules, with a slight, barely visible smile, added. In that case, it is the legal obligation of the Galactic Federation of Worlds to act and defend this Terran culture word for word. Kathy chimed in. Thank you. Word for word. At this precise moment, a slim female creature walked down a few steps. To stand under the sunlight. This being was wearing a long emerald-colored skin-tight silk robe that undulated with each graceful step she took. When Kathy saw her beautiful feline face framed by an abundant mane of hair, she put a hand on her heart. She had seen this species already in the asteroid belt somewhere. This being stood forth and said, I am Ambassador Arcona, representing the Lerian systems. We, as one of the oldest races in this galaxy, have seen worlds and species rise and fall, war and peace rolling past us like waves. As silent watchers, we have shed tears due to the desolation caused from the poisonous greed of some races. Scattering destruction behind their trails. But never ever have we interrupted the thread of evolution and the plans of the multiverse speaking on behalf of the founders of life. This is why we do not give approval for the genocide of the Terrans, And she gracefully backed away. A little grey being with big blue eyes and a triangular face spoke up. And what if, what if the Terrans reached the interstellar travel technology level before having spiritually evolved towards their own peaceful planetary confederation? My people, the Ebens. Fear a new belligerent and aggressive threat will spread like poison through the galaxy as the Mitra and the Siakars have before them. We have learned harshly our lessons from the past. We must pay attention to that." Another stood up. Hi, Zian, from the Amurther people, emissary of the Orion Council of the Five Races. Agree it would be a disaster If the Terrans fail in their evolutionary step, but what if they don't? What if they succeed and even go further? What if they manage to confederate before reaching the interstellar technology? Suddenly, the elegant woman stepped into the sunlight. And they will, said the Palladian woman who hadn't spoken until then. The elegantly ethereal Palladian counselor lifted up and as she did so, her long white silky dress unfolded. Floating behind her, as she stepped towards Kathy and Hercules. She was strikingly beautiful with her long silky golden hair and wide shimmering eyes. As she began to speak, all fell silent. Addressing the assembly while staring into Kathy's eyes, She melodically said, We know because we of the Palladian Council and together with the Arcturian Council of Orion are aware of the spiritual shifting of the Terran people. We have had visions of great changes. Palladian counselor Jada turned to Commander Hercules Khan and addressed him directly. You are right, Hercules Khan. Terra will be saved by its children. The Terran people are fighting their corrupted leaders, and a deep campaign of awareness is occurring on the planet, the entire planet, at a groundwork level. Challenging times are coming for them indeed, as well as great sacrifices, but this will be for the greater good of their evolution. For their own growth and strength, they must achieve this by themselves. The only help we can give is discreetly limiting the casualties upon their environment, as the Federation has done many times in the past on their little blue planet. We must Give them a chance to prove their humanity. Thank you. Breathtaking, Kathy spontaneously lifted her hand to her heart to thank this beautiful Palladian. The gracious lady smiled back at her with the radiance of return kindness and serenity, characteristic of the Palladian species. Silence lingered for a while until Urculus, clearing his throat, Addressed Dardothan, Your Highness, as he bowed his head slightly and placed his hand upon his chest. I am also requesting the assistance of the Galactic Federation to the Terran people to help minimize the collateral damages on their planet, respectfully, of course, staying within the measure of the Galactic Codex. Dardothan took a deep breath and turned her attention towards the Palladian lady. Are you really sure of what you assert, Counselor Jada? Jada confidently responded, more than certain, your highness. Suddenly, Vargan intervened. Your highness, how can you Palladians be so sure unless they themselves have a personal agenda on Terra? Prime Minister, replied Dardothan, I do take into consideration the Palladian and Arcturian innate abilities to foretell and see through the hidden circumvolutions of space and time. Terra has been helped already by the Galactic Federation several times in the past, as its dominant species appears to have difficulty evolving beyond its belligerent nature. They seem to never learn their lessons. However, it is now, at this time, a question of preserving the habitat and biodiversity of an entire planet, and we will need to deliberate carefully before making any irreversible decision in one way or the other. We have made errors in the past, indeed, and lost entire worlds. We must make the wisest decision now. Your Highness, intervene Archelaus. There is something we brought from Terra that may help you make up your mind, please. Dardothan lowered her perfectly arched eyebrows in an expression of curiosity. Her sharp blue pupils sparkled with attention as Urculus invited Kathy to pull from her pocket in her uniform a tiny translucent fear. This fear she held in her hand and approached Dardothan. As Dardothan stood up, intrigued, stepped down the stairs to meet her halfway. Kathy placed in Dardothan's palm the magnificent spherical device, while stating with an unsteady voice, I know we're not perfect, but this sphere that we Terrans present to you is an example of what my people can create. This is their legacy, a cry for salvation. If you cannot see it yet, the true beauty in the Terran souls, then perhaps you may see and hear it in this offering. Captivated, Dardothan delicately took the device and activated it. The little translucent sphere lifted from her hand and levitated above them, glowing like a dancing silver orb. Within this device, Commander Veljar on the moon facility had transcripted the data that Peter, Kathy's quantum scientist and intuitive boss, had sent them from Earth as the last strategic hope for the Terrans to be used, if necessary, at the High Council meeting. She quietly and silently said to herself, thank you, Peter, fondly recalling him saying that his intuition had never failed him. All eyes were now focused on the levitating silver orb and total silence settled as the first notes filled the amphitheater. Magnifying the beauty of the golden sunlight spiraling down from the dome and touching upon all souls with heartfelt grace, this was the moment, this was the last argument, the last chance to save humanity. Slowly, Dardothan and others began to close their eyes while many found their hands spontaneously rising to rest lightly upon their hearts. The ascending threnody of the violins had increased the magnitude of light and the vibrancy of the air in a twirling effervescence. Prime Minister Vargan lifted a shaking hand to his forehead and turned his face away, visibly troubled by embarrassment, or was it emotion? Kathy's heart leaped for joy when she saw Vargan wiping away a tear. Darth Dothan slowly raised her eyes upwards towards the light. And yes, one tear was slowly trailing down her cheek. A tear that would save humanity. They, like you now, had all listened to the music. The last lamenting crescendo cascading down... Until the very last note dissipated beneath the council dome. Dardothan remaining still, barely breathing, and the depth of silence carried with it deep emotions on timeless waves of perfect stillness. Dardothan raised her hand and pronounced her decision along with a unanimous vote of the council in favor of the Terrans. There were no words, no words that could possibly describe what happened. Kathy found herself laying back in a large armchair in the foreroom of the Galactic Council. Her nerves exhausted while Hercules was rubbing his forehead in disbelief at what had just occurred. Standing at the bay window, he was staring out at the vast city below that spread out to the horizon, settled in a golden mist from the second sunrise, inwardly exhausted. Hearing steps behind him, he sensed Vargon approaching. Vargon saluted Urculus, stating, Well done, you did it, and then quickly receded into the crowd. Mara Dothan, the daughter of Dardothan, rushed out of the room to join them, smiling. Kathy stood up, of course, respectfully to salute Mara. As Mara spoke lightheartedly, This was excellent. Congratulations, Urkelas. And this music... At this moment, Kathy could barely wait to access a communication point so she could transmit to Peter, her boss, the victory that had just happened for the Terran people, and to especially thank him for his legendary intuition that once again never failed. Of all the music produced on earth since immemorial times, Peter had picked the very piece that would draw tears from all the beings in the galaxy. Adagio for strings is the voice that tells us that the human race is greater than it knows. Pythagoras certainly knew the magic and power of music beyond any words when he mentioned. The highest goal of music is not for entertainment. The highest goal of music is to connect one soul to their divine nature. May this timeless moment remind all of us that we may never know how an act of courage or one selfless action creates a new positive trajectory for the continuing growth and future prosperity of our beloved Tara and our human family. May oneness prevail for us all. And so, Elena, before we finish, is there anything else you wish to share that touches your heart that you wish people to know?
1: That's
0: it. And that's Agreed. Beautifully expressed, Elena. Thank you, Starmate. So, everyone, let's support Elena, and she will tell you where to get the book and why it has two covers. Elena, will you explain that for everyone?
1: So I wrote Resilience um, before uh, I I got all the data from A Gift from the Stars, but it, it, was, it was based on um, the reminiscence of my abduction and rescue. All of the characters are imaginary, but it's based on true events and um, everything you find about um write patterson about uh the galactic what's happening in the galaxy and everything it's it's based on true events the name names of the races i didn't have them at the time i just could make some stick some names like Sikar, mitra in it that at the last moment but i couldn't change everything so it stays like global you know names like arcturians pleiadians um i wish i had written gift from the stars before but that's how it is so enjoy just the adventure and the romance there are two big romances and oh my god i wrote the book uh, i i thank you i wrote the the, the, the the romance sci-fi novel i always wanted to read and i couldn't find so i wrote it so there's um just for the roman just for the romantic stories i mean <laughs> So it's nearly nearly six six hundred pages. So there was it has been published once under this cover, and I republished it. It's the same book, and the cover is different. Why the cover is different? Because um, I did that very quickly, and I really didn't like it. Uh, and that's how I really saw the the cover, and I really took the time to redo it. That's that's a scene. Yeah, that's Kathy, and that's the scene. That's a scene in 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 the the book. Actually, she's kicking ass. Yeah, she's a, she's she's great. She's a badass. She's a badass. Uh, so that is a scene in the book. Uh, so I changed the cover, but the it's not only the the only difference. Um, someone, uh, a professional editor publisher, has proof read it and corrected all the the typos so um, that's the same exact nothing's changed except the the typos have been corrected in this version you know so um, that's what's on sale so um, you go on my website you find the link below I suppose Um, you see all the links to all the different pages where you can get this book Amazon Barts and Nobles and uh, Google Play. and uh, so um, here we go And Nuke as well.
0: Thank you so much, Elena, for your willingness to collaborate in this production and the continual creative alchemical elixirs that you provide for us to drink from. Well, dear audience, may this pivotal piece of human galactic history not only give you a sigh of relief, but inspire you to remember that sometimes when things seem to all be falling apart, they may actually be falling into place. The story that was shared here today that Elena wrote is largely the reason that we are still alive on Terra. And our children and our children's children will prosper. We have just begun anew. Together, reunited, respecting one another. So please share with your friends and family. Like and subscribe if you wish. It is now time to teach our children the true history and restore our cosmic brilliance. Onward and upward, dear friends.